All that is left for me to do now is to introduce our speaker this morning. Nikki Sims is one of our senior leaders along with her husband, Pete. But Nikki is someone who always brings a word in season, a word that challenges, inspires, but also equips us and practically shows us how to go about being all that God has called us to be and to change the world around us. She is an amazing communicator and I know this morning it's going to make a real difference. So why don't we have open hearts. I'm going to quickly pray for Nikki and then we are going to listen to the word this morning. God, we want to thank you for Nikki. God, we want to thank you for the word that she brings this morning. I pray that as people tune in and hear this message wherever they may be, that Lord God, your words would speak through Nikki, that the message would impact us, inspire us and equip us for the week ahead. Jesus, we give you the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's my absolute pleasure to be kicking off our new teaching theme for the next couple of months, Under Construction. And we're going to be thinking about what it looks like to develop a character that is more like Jesus, a Christ-like character. There have been so many things over this past year and into this new year beyond our control. There have been external pressures and circumstances that have hemmed us in and confined us in so many ways. The physical lockdown that we find ourselves in right now is just one example of that. But we have faced sickness and pain. Some of us have faced unimaginable grief and trauma. Others of us have faced redundancy or the threat of redundancy, financial pressures, and yet others have faced the pressures of homeschooling and juggling jobs alongside that. There has been so much externally for us to navigate, none of which we have been able to control. And at times like this, where there is uncertainty still looming on the horizon and so many things beyond our control, it's really important for us to focus in on some of the things that we can control. You see, we may be facing so many different external pressures and difficulties, but we can control our internal response to those. God is interested in our character. He's interested in our heart, in what lies beneath the surface. And he's passionate about constructing in us a character that will withstand the storm and the elements and the pressure around us. And not just remain standing, but remain hopeful and trusting, even through the things that we cannot control. So if you're up for the journey, then for this next couple of months, we are going to be allowing God to do the hard yards inside of us so that we can become more like Jesus. One of the best messages that I've ever heard on the subject of our character was by a lady called Christine Kane. And she started off by talking about our Insta culture, about selfies and the fact that now in a matter of seconds, we can not only have taken a photo of ourselves, but we can have broadcast it to the world at large via social media. It happens in the click of a finger in an instant. We're not used to having to wait for things any longer. We're not used to time and process. But then she likened that to the Polaroid photo. Who remembers the Polaroid picture? Yes, the Polaroid picture 
was not an instant process, but at its time, it was totally revolutionary to be able to watch a photo developing before your eyes. Now, nowadays, we just get so impatient. I mean, waiting for a Polaroid picture to develop is like watching paint dry. We're just not used to it. But there was a process of watching that picture develop. Take it back even further. And there were the days of the darkroom. Yes, a time where to develop a, a picture, to see that photo developed took hours in a darkened room, the darkroom. And in that darkroom, there was a process of development that enabled that image to come to life. Now, in her message that she spoke on character, she was calling to this instant generation to say this. There's an invitation for us to come to the dark room with God. And in that place of obscurity, in that place of darkness, that is where he is able to develop our characters. It's not in the spotlight. It's not on the stage. And it certainly isn't an instant fix. You see, character is developed in the dark, in that place where no one except for us and God can really see. And that message really resonated with me, but it resonates particularly at this time now. We are surrounded by so much darkness. 2020 was a dark and difficult year for so many of us. And coming into this new year, it's difficult at the moment with our natural lens to see much light at the end of the tunnel. But there is purpose even within this darkness that we can find if we will accept God's invitation to work on our characters with him. He wants to go deep inside of us. God is calling us to that dark room, to his dark room, so that he can construct character within us. A couple of things from me about what character is and isn't. Firstly, character is not charisma. When we are talking about character throughout this series, we're talking about Christ-likeness, the image of Christ, the reflection of Christ developed inside of us in our very core. That's the goal, to become more like Jesus. It's a lifelong process. It is a journey, to coin a well-used phrase. It's not something that happens quickly. But we often confuse character and charisma. You see, character is not about how much power we have, how many followers we may have on Instagram, how strong or engaging our personality is. And sadly, the cult of personality has for too long crept into the body of Christ. And we have often sought out those people who shout the loudest or seem to draw the biggest crowd. And that reveals a lack of discernment, perhaps, a lack of maturity in us as to who we follow. People often use the term, oh, he or she is such a character when they're referring to somebody with dubious integrity or dubious character. That's not the kind of character we're talking about here. We're talking about true kingdom character and that is displaying the qualities of Jesus. That is Christ-likeness. Character is not quick either. No building of worth 
is built overnight. I know that there are all sorts of prefabricated houses. In fact, I was reading online, you can actually now build some small houses in 10 minutes. And I'm sure that they are of much better quality than perhaps they ever used to be, but that's not what we're talking about here. This construction process that we are in with Jesus, it's brick by brick. It's forged over time. Character is not quick. There are no shortcuts to obtaining Christ-likeness in our, in our lives. It takes time, it takes process. And if a building is going to stand for years, if it's going to withstand the storms and the elements that come its way, it takes time to build that kind of building. And so it is with our characters. It's forged, it's a process. I often think about that story about the famous sculptor who was asked how he managed to produce something of such beauty from a block of marble or stone. And he said, I simply chip away everything that doesn't look like a horse. And so it is with us. God has us in this process of development where he chips away gently and sometimes more forcefully anything and everything that doesn't yet look like Jesus. We are constantly under construction. So what does God's dark room look like? What does it look like, this construction process with God? Well, character is forged in the darkness, in despair, in delay, in discomfort, even in dying to ourselves. It's in the crushing that new wine is forged. It's in the brokenness that beauty is displayed. It's in the sacrifice, in the dying to ourselves, to our desires and even to our comforts, that new life in Christ can take flight in each of us. But how does God construct our character? What does that development and construction process look like? We've got some great keys in Romans 5, and I want to just zero in on two particular verses this morning. Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that in these verses, God has given us this beautiful architectural plan for how his construction process works when it comes to developing Christ-like character within us. You see, often we think that character is forged in those moments where we step into our destiny for the first time, in the moment where the spotlight is on us and everything rides or falls on that next moment. But the truth is that character is rarely forged in those moments. Character is forged, as I've said, in that dark place of obscurity, in the dark places of pain and delay and discouragement and despair. That's where true character is formed. And these verses are a really great roadmap for us to understand God's construction process. And they start with a really interesting phrase. We glory in our suffering. 
what does that mean? The word glory, it's not really a word that we use as a verb in that kind of context. And if you go back to the Greek, it's really helpful to unpack it a little bit more. To glory in suffering, what does that mean? It means to live with your head up high, living with God-given confidence, that, that kind of notion of living with your head held high, with a different vantage point, looking upon your suffering, upon those external pressures, those things that we can't control, that we have talked about from a different perspective, a different vantage point. I don't think God means that we delight in suffering or that we enjoy suffering by using this word glory. No, what Paul is driving at here is we can lift our heads up and have a different vantage point when we approach external pressures and things beyond our control. There is a God-given confidence that we can find even then. What does the word suffering mean? If, if we're glorying in our suffering, how do we amplify that out if we look at the Greek? Well, another translation is tribulations, trials. But when you go back to the Greek, it's really interesting to see that it refers to pressure. What a lot of pressure 2020 brought for each of us in different ways. And when it talks about pressure, it's talking about internal pressure. This place of internal confinement where you feel constricted inside and there's just no escape route. You can't see a way out where that friction rubs against your character, that narrow place of confinement. That's what this word suffering is driving at. And I think we can safely say that no matter what kind of a year we experienced last year individually, there were moments of internal confinement, of frustration, of wanting to be able to move beyond our circumstances and the pressure that that caused on our character that we just couldn't escape from. It's been unavoidable and it doesn't look as though it's going to let up anytime soon. But then, that suffering, that place of constriction and confinement, a little bit like lockdown on the inside of us, it leads to the next brick in God's construction process of our character, perseverance. And that word, if you strip it back to the Greek, it means steadfast endurance under the challenges of life, that capacity to stay standing, to not give up. And we have watched so many of you amidst very real and difficult pain, choose not to give up, choose to endure, choose to stay standing and to keep following Jesus through thick and through thin. That is the next layer of developing character in us. And then the process continues character. And this word character in the Greek means proof of sincerity or genuineness, that sense of a, an approved character, tested and true character. You see, anybody can say, I've got character. Anybody can present themselves externally as having that godly character, as being like Christ. But it's only in the moments where that pressure comes, where the suffering hits, where we begin to walk through the painful, dark places of life, that we really find out whether that character 
whether that Jesus-like character has truly been forged on the inside of us. And so the next layer of God's construction process, once we have stood fast and endured, is that that character is produced in us. And then the beautiful part of that is that character produces hope. And hope in the Greek there, it's trust, it's expectation, it's confidence. And that basically means that as we go through God's beautiful construction process, although it may feel painful and restricting at times, as we allow him to work on our character, the thing that is produced in us is this trust, this confidence, this hope in Jesus, that despite all of the outward pressures, no matter what the future may hold, manages to stand. There is that confident expectation that he who calls us is faithful and trustworthy. And that, my friends, is what the world needs in such great measure. That hope that comes at the end of this construction process. One of the other really beautiful things that God has given us alongside those verses in Romans to help us think about the construction of our character is this analogy of Jesus as our cornerstone. We sing about Jesus being our cornerstone, but what does it actually mean? Well, as God does this construction process on our characters, this renovation process in our life, brick by brick, painstakingly working on our character and our core, he gives us this beautiful blueprint. He shows us how to build that character into our lives for ourselves. And it's quite simply this, make Jesus the cornerstone. A cornerstone is an important quality or feature upon which the integrity of a building rests. It's that rock upon which the weight of the entire structure rests. And there are many, many verses that refer to Jesus or point to Jesus as being that cornerstone. Isaiah 28, 16, 1 Peter 2, 4 to 8, Acts 4, 10 to 12, Ephesians 2, 20 to 22, Psalm 118, verse 22, and the list goes on. I don't have time to unpack all of those verses today, but I can tell you this. In the construction process, there's this one feature that holds everything else up. It's the cornerstone, it's the weight-bearing function. And in traditional masonry, the cornerstone was the first stone set and all the other stones that were subsequently laid would be set in reference to that cornerstone. The cornerstone determines the position and the integrity of the entire structure. Now, this is such a helpful analogy for us when it comes to Christ-like character, because it's exactly how it should be for us when it comes to God's construction process of character within us. As we go about building our lives and as we enable God to build into our lives, Jesus should be the reference point for every decision. Every thought, every action, every pound spent, every attitude of heart, every word spoken, and the list goes on. Jesus should be our yardstick. He should be our gauge. He should be the place that we come back to consistent, 
consistently to gain our perspective and to ensure that we are in alignment in terms of what we're building. And yet tragically, if the truth is told, we spend so much time looking to other people or to other things to gain our reference point for building our lives. We might look to success. We might look to others who seem to have it all together or who seem to have all the answers. We might look to world leaders. We might look to church leaders. But beyond all of those people, there is only one cornerstone that counts when it comes to building our lives and therefore building character and that my friends is Jesus. There's only one rock upon which the weight and integrity of your life and my life rests. Jesus. So I want to ask you this question today. What and who is underpinning your life? Who do you depend on? What is the quality or feature of your life upon which everything else is based and constructed? Because what we build our lives on matters. This has been a year where so much of that which we have ordinarily depended on or built our lives upon has been taken away from us. We've navigated uncertainty, Jobs that maybe looked as though they would be secure have proven not to be so. Our health has been under threat. At times it's felt that our safety has been under threat. Our relationships have had to change and shift as we navigate this whole new world, minus all of those traditional touch points that we would thrive on. Gathering together, which is something that may have been a really important part of our scaffolding in terms of our faith, We just haven't been able to do that in the same way. And as those things have been removed, we will have been left with a very stark realisation of whether our character, our Christ-likeness manages to hold up without so many of those things that we have relied on keeping us together. So how's it holding up for you? How's your Christ-likeness doing right now with all of those stable factors and scaffolding removed from your life? These are important questions for us to ask. You see, it's not enough for us to follow other people's good ideas. It's not enough for us to gain the thrust of our faith from other people, even though other people may offer us great wisdom and insight. And actually that cult of charisma, that cult of personality has thrown our world into absolute disarray. And you can see the outworkings of that across the landscape in our world at the moment. It's dangerous. Friends, it's dark outside right now. There is so much pain. There is suffering. The statistics are on the rise when it comes to the virus. But more than that, across our world, there's injustice like never before. There is pain. There is suffering. I don't know about you, but there are some mornings where I wake up and I can sense that darkness. But we are called to be developed in the darkness. God's construction process, it's, it happens par excellence in 
the darkness. So today, if you feel that you are stuck in the darkness and you can't see a way out, if you are in despair, if you're in discomfort, if you even feel where you're in a winter time in your life where you're dying to yourself and your own desires, if it feels as though this construction process deep inside of you will never end, take heart because the end of those verses that I began with in Romans 5 is verse 5 and it says this and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not put us to shame God is going to finish what he has started in your life and in my life. He is the author and the finisher of our faith, of this construction process to help us become more like Jesus. Yes, the process may be long, it may be hard, it may be lifelong, but he, as sure as anything, is committed to building Christ-likeness into our very core if we will only say yes to him. As the darkness looms large across our world and closer to home right now, I want to remind you of this. We are skylarks. The dark is the place where we are called to come alive. We're not afraid of the dark and we are not finished off by the dark. We are developed in the dark. You see, skylarks lead the dawn chorus. That means when everything around them is at its darkest, skylarks kick in. And for us, it means it's time for that Christ-like character in us to take on a new dimension. We lift our voices, even though it's dark outside. And in faith, we call forth the first rays of dawn. We eagerly expect the breaking of God's new day over our nation, over our city, over our world. We wait with expectancy for God's process of Christ-likeness to be built into our character and we call forth righteousness, peace and for God's kingdom to be established here on earth as it is in heaven. This is who we are. So I want us to take heart. Yes, 2021 may promise more uncertainty, but embrace God's process of construction. Brick by brick, he is making us more like Jesus. And if we can simply look at that darkness around us and allow God to shape our faith and our hope and our character through some of the external pressures that we face, we're going to become more beautiful, we're going to become more Christ-like, and the world is going to see hope in us.